Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Table Podcast. Hope you're having a wonderful week. Uh, I'm Nick Hand, and uh, so glad that you're joining us. If you like the podcast, tell your friends, rate, like, subscribe, review, all of those kinds of things. Uh, keep the party going. Today on the podcast, uh, my good friend Dave Martin. Uh, he's a leadership and success coach, best-selling author, mindset mentor. He's the host of Forbes Top 10 po Podcast. It's an incredible conversation. You'll laugh till you cry, and you'll learn a lot of things in the process. So I hope that you enjoy it. Again, tell somebody, tell somebody. Ladies and gentlemen, the legendary Dave Martin. First the barricade, now the table. making friends everywhere you go I'm trying do you um when you're doing because you do all the different events that you do do you feel like you put on you do a distinctly different approach when you're doing church you're doing um business events uh yeah i mean the information's the same mm -hmm. but yeah you have to approach it different because you can't tell all the bible stories you have to have real stories yeah you just water it down just water, just it down. water it way down, right? Yeah. If you just water it down, it's like it's just like a secret just, church. It just <laughs> how, you, how did you even get into doing those events, though? Like the different, like bang energy drinks? Because I, I wish actually was talking. Could to you him. text him and ask him to sponsor my podcast? Would you please? Actually, could you please just text him and tell him I've been trying for a long time. I was texting him. Actually, his his wife had her baby today. Really? He sent me a check for that church in Detroit. Uh -huh. I'm like, I need some money. Yeah. I said, I'll let you be a sponsor. Because I have Harley uh -huh. sponsor my podcast. But I told him today, I'm like, you should sponsor some podcasts. Yeah, he told should. Him that today. He really should. So I'll, I will. Okay. I'll tell him. Okay. His, his wife, is their whole marketing strategy is mm -hmm. to not do like just regular, they look for influencers and stuff right, like right, right. that to work through. How did so, you meet? How did you meet him? Uh, he actually goes to Potential Church okay. in Miami. And so I met him there, and he heard me speak. He said, why don't we come speak for his company and do some coaching with him? And we just hit it off. And then he heard me talking about being a kingdom millionaire, mm -hmm. about not just making a million, but giving a million. Right. And so like probably a month ago, he gave his first million-dollar check to his church. Really? And of course, he, you know, that bang does everything big. Yeah. So he, oh, he yeah. got a huge million-dollar check made and took it in. Really? <laughs> I just dropped in the offer. He had to present it. He had, had to present it in the thing. <laughs> dancers, bang dancers. That's so good. Bang worship dancers. Yeah. <laughs> All wearing the t-shirts, yeah. right? <laughs> How do you, uh, like when you're going into those different environments though, like, you, I mean, I feel like you're a networking machine. Would you agree? I, yeah. I mean, for the yeah, for what you do, you're a... Uh, one of my gifts is connecting, networking. Um, I just, how can I add value? You is know? it natural to you though? Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty natural. Like so, I'm, I'm literally, I'm thinking, okay, I'm gonna talk to him. I bet if I could get him to sponsor this, it would be so cool. You know, I'm like not thinking. No, I'm gonna just keep that. So you literally just think in that realm and then are willing to. Yeah, I mean, the more people I help, the more, well, you know, sowing and reaping just kind of works. Just go ahead, just preach to me. Just go works. ahead. What is, what is this you know, sowing and the reaping Bible, stuff? In the Bible, it says. <laughs> but go you travel. Okay, so you travel so many dates, all these dates a year. Obviously, probably didn't start like that. How did you get started networking? Uh, how did I get started speaking? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I guess my like dad's a pat was a pastor, so I started okay. speaking at church. At his church? Yeah. Now when I was like fifteen. And then you just, got a young start, dude. Yeah, yeah. Fifteen years old. <laughs> yeah. More do you remember? Singing, do you remember your singing. first message that you did at fifteen? I did. It was on the armor of God. Really? Yeah. My mom wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> I just preached it. She wrote it. But uh, yeah. But I started out just singing. Um, Pull your mic down a little bit, like this, and then go ahead and sing me a little something. <clears throat> I've seen you on social media, dude. Singing? Yeah, you sang a song recently, though. What? Did, no, recently you did. A, you were at some oh, sort of event. I did a big. That was a big corporate event. I did. Uh, yeah, it was. my whole message was um, uh, "Wonderful Life." Uh -huh. I was singing that. Yeah, you old, did. Uh, I see trees of green. <laughs> yes. Red roses too. Yeah. You have the best gravelly voice I've ever heard. I love it. Yeah, that was an awesome event, too. That was like 20,000. Really? What's cool is on Sunday, they let me come to a service mm -hmm. and invitate. Like, uh, it's uh, not, not invitation only. Like, it's not a requirement. It's not part of the conference. Yeah. So if you want to come, you can. You don't have to come. Yeah. It's not part of the conference. We had about 17,000 people came back Sunday morning. Really? And over 3,000 business people gave their heart to Jesus. So wow. That was pretty awesome. Now, not all the events you do are that big, or are they? No. So, no, I mean, not. you're at your wide, broad spectrum of. Yeah, it could be. I mean, a few weeks ago, I did a cement company with their top twelve people. What do you like? What do, which do you like better? Um, I like because well, I use a lot of humor. Uh -huh. I like the the bigger crowd. Yeah, because it's you know? a little crowd yeah. response is a little yeah. bit easier. Yeah, but, I mean, just teaching. I mean, it's it's easy to just sit and teach, but it's harder for the humor part. Do you find yourself getting more anxious or nervous around bigger or smaller crowds if they're new? Probably smaller. Really? Yeah, because you, I don't feel like I have the humor to lean on uh, as much. Bigger crowd, I can always lean to the it's humor. Your biggest crutch, huh? And <laughs> yeah, jokes, <laughs> jokes, <laughs> jokes. Okay, so fifteen, fifteen, you start speaking, but like, how did it evolve into this? Um, How did you become the number one Christian success coach, you know? That was branding, actually. <laughs> That's not That's even true. It's just what we tell people. <laughs> we just had a boat. We were sitting around the room. I go, hey, y'all think do? I'm number one? <laughs> I'm number one. It's unanimous. Yes, I am. <laughs> Joel Osteen always texts me. He goes, yeah. hey, 1.1. 1. 1. You know? <laughs> he thinks he's better than me. <laughs> Who is he? Smiling. Who is that guy? <laughs> No, I got started in the corporate stuff, actually, um, from people at church, just teaching leadership stuff. And yeah. I always loved the motivation stuff, being in sports and that kind of thing. And so um, I'd, I'd read self-help books, personal development books for coaching stuff for yeah. sports. And yeah. I'd be like, wait, that's in the Bible. Oh, wait, mm -hmm. that's in the Bible, too. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no one's teaching this at church. Yeah. And so how can I take these principles? You know, because people all the time, where did you get that? I'm like. You don't want to know. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. Come on. Where'd you get it? I'm like, no, seriously, you, you don't want to know. Uh -huh. It's in the Bible. You know, <laughs> oh, I knew you were uh -huh. going to say that, you know, because I mean, it, it's yeah. all, it's all in there. Like I was telling someone the other day, I said, you ever wonder why when you straighten up the shoes in your closet, you feel yeah. so good uh -huh. because that's godly. Right. You created order uh -huh. and God is a God of order. So when you straighten up the shoes in your closet, you did a godly thing. Yeah. You put things in, in proper uh, order and arrangement. And so we're, you're feel, you're doing a godly principle. That's why you feel like you can take over the world after you straight yeah. up your closet. Yeah. You're like, what else can I do today? Yeah. So all these principles are there. And so 
how do we? And then you go in the corporate arena, and they're like, I've not heard that. Right. And, you know, it's, it's a, we had it in the Bible. Yeah. It was there for us. You know, how, but the how, are, you, how are people finding you then? Or what is your, I mean, is it really a networking thing when you're getting brought into these circles that are not religious circles? I mean, is yeah, it? That's not as much networking. I mean, in a corporate event, you know, you stay after to hang out and they're looking at you like, did you not get your check? Yeah. You know, why are you still here? Why are you, here? Yeah. Why are you still over <laughs> Because there? in the church world, you hang. And, Weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> get out yeah. of here. <laughs> Come on, we paid you. <laughs> so um, we don't want to hang out with you. Um, there, you know, it is. It does grow through through networking. Like I really connect with other speakers. Yeah. Because I'm like, they can't do the I can't do an event every year. Right. So I'll go, hey, I can't do this one, but I got a friend, he'd be great for this. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking I would do that for people. So the more people I know, they would do that for me too. And so a lot of that happens really happens that way as well. Do you yeah. find yourself having to be intentional in your branding, being you're in so so many different circles? Like, is that intentional for you? Because, I mean, I you, you'll go into a church that's, you know, Pentecostal Holy Roller Church, and then you go into a different style church, and yeah. you, you're, you're a bit of a chameleon. Yeah. I mean, you know this, right? <laughs> but is it intentional or not? You know, I think God's just really allowed me to be in so many different circles yeah. of people that um, I, I, I can go into the old word of faith circle, and mm-hmm. I know what they do. I know why they think the way they think. Yeah. I can go into a little Pentecostal church I grew up in and I know why they think the way they think or why their mentality. So it also helps me know how, what areas I need to hit yeah. to bust up some thinking. And, right, right, right. and then, uh, and then I end up, you know, in the Hillsong world and the Ark world, which is a whole nother, you know, world. And, and oh, yeah. It was, oh, yeah. I, I mean, nothing, none of it was intentional. Actually. Really? I always say I followed the path of favor. Just, I mean, I just saw one thing after another thing, just kind of, what does that mean to you? Follow the path up. of favor. I think just as God opened doors, I just kind of walked through them. Uh-huh. Like uh, I didn't like how I ended up in the Hillsong world with Pastor Brian. It was a total favor how I ended up at Ed Young's conference where he heard me because Ed Young wasn't the kind of person I hung out with or knew. Yeah, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't know that church, and but a friend of mine did and got me to come to the conference, and I'm sitting there, and then I ended up the next day I'm on stage. and what? Uh, You were attending the conference and then ended up? Yeah. Speaking at the conference. Yeah. And, and I didn't even know anybody in that circle. I mean, literally the front row are all my friends now. I mean, Pastor Brian, TD Jakes, all these people. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know who they were, but they were, I mean, I knew who TD Jakes was, but, uh, cause he's like Jesus. Right. Know? But, uh, <laughs> who does I it? think you have to have a J if you want to have a big ministry. <laughs> yeah. Like Joel. Yep. Joyce. Yep. Jakes. Mm-hmm. Joseph. Jensen. Jesus. You've got a lot, man. Yeah, it's all the J's. But anyway. Um, what does that mean for guys like us? You know what I mean? We just got to help, gotta... help who we can. <laughs> just help <laughs> who we can. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so I ended up at this conference with a friend of mine and uh, ended up taking the offering, actually. Really? And uh, and that night just opened up incredible doors. And I just followed the, like I said, I just followed the path of favors, what I call it. I just happened to be there at the right place, right time. And I walked through the door when the opportunity came. Yeah. I just stepped into it. So how do you define, how do you draw the lines between, in our world society, and even a lot of, I think, of things that you talk about, about going after things or, you know, your part to play. We talk, the, our society calls it, you know, the hustle. You know, right. really, you got to hustle. You got to put in the work. But then there's also Gary, these. Gary V would say. You friends with him? Beep, beep. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know Gary Vee? I, I know him. I don't, I'm not, You're not friends, friends with him. him. We've done a couple of events together. So I've been around him a really? couple of times. Yeah. That's cool. 
Seems like a cool guy. He is. Smart guy. Yeah. Very smart. Do you do you think though, like so what part of it is are or do you do you even try to draw those lines? Like when you're encouraging people that you know, go after your dreams, it's possible. And then also there's this follow the path of favor. How do those things work together in your right? You know, I think you've got to do your part and God does his part, you know. Um, with God all things are possible. I do the difficult. I don't have to do the impossible. Mm-hmm. I just have to do the difficult. I just have to do my best and work, work, do what I know to do. And then it's up to God to, I had to make myself available to be there for God to open up the how door. Far, how far do you go with that though? I talk to people that want to be motivational speakers or preachers or people that, you know, do things like that, travel. And, you know, you hear people from different sides of the spectrum from, you hear people calling and trying to get speaking gigs and speaking things, you know, to come let me talk. And then there's other yeah. guys that just try to get in the room and when the, you know, if, if they're around enough, then somebody will hopefully, if they have something to say, they'll be invited to say something. What is your yeah. two cents on that? You know, I think, um, I, I, it's like, I always say, you know, Las Vegas has nothing to say, but they sure know how to say it. Mm. The church has everything to say and no clue how to say it. Right, right, right. right. So I think it's like a church, like, well, we just let the Holy Spirit bring people here. Yeah. Well, I'm going to make it easy because there's going to be bright lights and a big sign. Yeah. So when the Holy Spirit says go there, yeah, it's going to be really easy to find us. Yeah. And I, I think it's the same thing with me. Um, you know, I let people know I'm I'm available. That's what I do. I travel, I speak. And, and I mean, of course, you got to have a word to get invited back. You got to right. have something to say that's going to help somebody. But, um, you know, I, yeah, I, I mean, and I'll, I'll call people too. And, mm-hmm. and say, hey, man, you know, I'm I'm in the area. I'm I'm coming by, or mm-hmm. hey, I'm I'm working on my schedule. Yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I do that part. I know some people say, well, I just sit home. The Holy Spirit opened right. up every door for me. Right. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sure now it'd be probably even a little easier than in the early days, right? For you, how did oh, it, yeah, so? For yeah. what, what was the beginning journey? Maybe for somebody listening that you know has this thing that I feel like I'm supposed to be doing that. You can't really. It's not. It's one of those things that you. I mean, you you can go to school and get communication degrees, but it's not something where there's a clear trajectory to that occupation. Right. You right. know. So for you, what did some of those early days look like, practically speaking? You know, I you talked mentioned networking earlier, uh-huh. and I think networking has been a major key. It's building relationships and friendships, and how can I how can I help? How can I be there for you? Adding yeah. value. If I add value to you, you're going to add value to me. Uh, and as we, I've, I've been to conferences, people have heard me speak, say, you've heard me speak at this conference. You heard me speak at that conference, but I see you're in town or I'm in your city and I'll text yeah. you and go, Hey, send you a message on Instagram. Yeah. Hey, let's grab a coffee. Yeah. All of a sudden we grab a coffee and now we're friends. Yeah. You know, we, we didn't just see each other at a conference. You didn't just hear me. I'm not just the speaker on stage, right, right. but now we have a relationship. You're like, man, you gotta come speak sometime. Yeah. So I've built a lot of it intentionally building relationships and, and friendships. And then also, how can I help? I mean, guys call me all the time. Like, Hey, I'm going to be at this. Could you help me get a seat here? Hey, I'm going to do this. Could you I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah. I don't even know. I don't even know them. Does it, does it, do you ever get annoyed? Does it ever uh, get annoying? Like, dude, you're only texting me because you want something. You know, I don't really ever think about that. It doesn't cross your mind. No. Because I sometimes wonder, you know, you know, in, in talking about the networking thing, what what is the key to networking and not coming across contrived? 
or like you have this agenda when in reality, in some ways you do like you're, you're talking to these people for a purpose. I feel like there's, there's part of humanity. That's just the reality, right? We lean on one another. We're designed almost that way, you know, to yeah. be able to draw strength from one another. So in essence, that means I'm reaching out to you because I need something from you. That's just the brass tacks of the matter. But how do you think the best way to quote unquote network in a way where it doesn't seem like you're just about your agenda because I think for a lot of people that does get old, you know? Well, I, I, I go into any situation, not just thinking, what are they going to do for me? But what am I going to do for them? Mm. I think networking has to be a, it's like mm. negotiation. It's gotta be right. a win-win, you know, I'm, I'm not just here for you. Yeah. And, and, uh, you're not just here to see what you can give me, but I'm here. How can I help you? How can I add value while I'm here? Right. And I think as I do that, you're going to do that. And it's going to be a win-win for both of us. Yeah. And now we have a successful relationship. And so, so I look at every situation just like that. Yeah. I mean, what it's funny a few weeks ago, a few months ago now, uh, in the same week I was getting someone's seats at a TD Jakes meeting. I was getting backup singers for Demi Lovato <laughs> at a concert in Arizona Wait, and what? I was hey, getting pause. Wait, what do you mean backup singers for Demi Lovato? Yeah. They call her people called me and said, I need backup singers. We're gonna be in Phoenix and I need <laughs> backup singers. I need a choir. Demi Lovato? I, I don't you know how I, most I don't know how I get in these situations, person. but I may be getting someone backstage <laughs> to meet Katy Perry at the same time I'm getting Oh my gosh. You know, someone wants to go to a Joyce Meyer conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how it, it happens, but yeah. uh, if I can help, hey, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you, you, I mean, you make a valid point that I think a lot of people, when they think of networking, they're going to the person because I need something from them. But I think the point of you got to see what you have to contribute first, Yeah. right? That, that self-confidence in a lot of ways of the giftings that you have and bring to the table that I'm not just going to this person to take something from them, but through the relationship, I can contribute, you know, yeah. I, I have some, I have something to give it as well. That probably is, would you say that's in a lot of ways probably the, the thing that changes it, right? That I'm coming to you because if yeah, I can be and, help. And knowing that at any level, I don't look at certain people, oh, you're at this level, you can't really help me. I like, I always say, be nice to the chauffeur. He may be your only ride to the palace. Mm. You know, I don't look at, I, I don't look at, I can learn, I can't learn anything from you. Who are you? Well, I can learn something from everybody. Right. And so I go into any relationship looking like, how can I? learn from you. You can learn from me. We're any situation. There's got to be some way that we can add value to each other. So that preach is really good, but that that's one of those things that I feel like is easier said than done because I think like we're, we're, uh, we're hardwired to, there, there's something about us that sees people that have influences, the more important people or the people that don't are the less important people. Are you intention? Do you have to be intentional about that? You're for, for you. Is it an intentional thing to say I'm choosing to see you know, I've probably seen so many times that it wasn't the, that it was someone that people were just kind of looking at over here, just sitting over on the side that no one's really paying attention to that. Uh, I remember one time a, a pastor hmm. was at a conference, pastor's conference. And there was this one guy, real quiet guy sitting over here by himself. He's from another country. No one hardly talking to him. So I'm like, man, no one's talking to him. Oh, well, I mean, I was sitting over here at the table with some of the biggest names you'd know. I'm like, I went over and I sat down next to him, started talking to him and just, where are you from? Find out where he's from. He ends up becoming a great friend. Find out I go preach for him. And it's, he's like, you should come to my country sometime. I'm like I went, it's one of the best churches I've ever been at anywhere really? in the world. I mean, what he's doing is phenomenal, blowing away the guys I was sitting with, but yeah. no one knows he's just doing his thing in his country. And 
and I learned some incredible things from him. But if I would have never took a moment just to go over and say, Hey, yeah. I, I didn't go over there because I knew anything about him. Um, I just, uh, he was just sitting by himself and I was like, I, I should go introduce myself to yeah. him, you know? So I, I don't ever look at it like, um, and of course, influence is, is, is power. I mean, that's, yeah. that's great. I mean, when I, I, I love to teach people the power of influence because yeah. when you walk in a room, who do you want to hear from? You want to hear from the most successful yeah. person, the most influential person. But a lot of times there's, there's, uh, uh, things out there that are, are weighted that we miss that go right by us. We miss them because we, we were not focused on looking at what I could get from, from anyone, but right. only from this one person or kind of thing. I've heard a lot of people talk about, you know, I think I've even said it and I feel like it's something that I'm evaluating if I, what I think about it, but this whole idea of you can't, you know, don't listen to people that aren't in the place that you want to be, you know, and a lot of people think, think about that. And I feel like there's an element of that that's true, but then there's also this thing of, you know, if they're not, if they're not doing or having the occupation or doing the things, then they can't, how, who are they to speak into or give me ad advice or wisdom? Do you right. think that's a, a good view to have? Or do you think that there's I, where I've been is I, I'm almost seeing like, I feel like there's lessons to be learned from everybody. And there's certain people that haven't maybe had, there's so much of it that's opportunity. Yeah. You know I, what I'm saying? Know. There's so much of it that like, I, I feel like some of the greatest minds, people that actually ha have it or get it never actually stood on a platform or had the, you know, fortune 500 company that was successful and thriving. Yeah. I think you can get some of your greatest ideas outside of your area of influence yeah you know um i'm always looking when i'm looking for new ideas or new things i don't want to go talk to another speaker yeah another, what, what can i learn uh, i learned this years ago a friend of mine a guy named lee cockerell mm -hmm. he ran disney, disney world yeah. um so about every six weeks i go to breakfast with him and uh just talk to him i, I love disney for one thing yeah but uh yeah you do. I, I just <laughs> <laughs> so i want to hear everything about it yeah but uh he was he was telling me about the um you know, they have the pins, uh, the trading pins. Mm -hmm. You know, people wear these little lanyards with pins. Right. You can trade the pins. And he told me how that started was we, he said, we always look for new ideas outside of our industry. Mm. He said, we got that idea at the Beijing Olympics uh, when countries, we saw people from the different countries trading their pin, their, their flag for another country's pin. And we're yeah. like, oh, we should make pins and trade them. First year, I think uh, they said Disney did over $3 million in pins. Uh, that was when they first started. Really? Now they're doing about $100 million a year Gosh. just in pins and pin trading. But he said we went outside of our industry to look for something. Yeah. Uh, Southwest Airlines trying to figure out how to turn their, you know, they're so fast at turning their planes around. Yeah. They went at, to uh, NASCAR, pit, uh, pit stop, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. the pit crews to learn ideas of how to turn their planes around faster. Wow. So I think if we just try to stay, if I just try to learn everything from people that are doing what I'm doing, yeah, I, I'm going to miss a lot of great opportunities. Yeah. Do you find that in what you do, you have to be, are you some, because it would seem as busy as you are, you have to be extremely detail oriented and everything would be intentional. Is it like that for you? Or do you kind of run on second, like every six weeks I go and have lunch with this guy. Is that something that your calendar is just that meticulous and you're like, no, not at all. So you kind of rely on what, just your innate 
what comes to mind and yeah sarah i rely on sarah, Who's sarah? <laughs> she, she's my sister, she's sister. Yeah. she tells you she's yeah. the brains for behind seven it. years yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean i just immediately i think it's something i immediately say it into the phone yep. goes to her and she puts it on my calendar or whatever uh and and uh no, because I, I do. I go, go, go. My yeah. phone rings, rings. Yeah. I mean, just while we're sitting here, I probably have, I don't know yeah, how many yeah. texts or, or whatever. Right. Uh, but um, if if I don't if I don't get it out, I'll, I'll forget. I'll try to, I'll, I'll remember that later. I'll forget that in five minutes. Uh. Um, so I have to, I have to be intentional about putting it, giving it to her to make sure it's on my calendar yeah. and that kind of thing. So. You know, when I, I say every six weeks, it's not like every Tuesday right. of the sixth week. Like, it'll be like, hey, does this date work? He's retired, so it's a little easier for, yeah, yeah, yeah. for him, but as, as my schedule works. But we try to do that about every every six weeks. Mm-hmm. So I'm very, um, I'm just a go, go, go person. And so I'm not a real detail person yeah. at all. So I got to have other people I, around gotta, you. Yeah. That... Yeah. Got to have people that that's their strength. Yeah. Do you rely on, uh, do you rely on, uh, I guess when it comes to like mentorship and things like that? I'm so glad you have your name on this thing. Well, I wouldn't even, so you, who, who are you? I would who are you again? <laughs> what podcast is this that we're on? Where am I? <laughs> Wait, Sarah's, oh, it's Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Has that ever happened where you like just straight up forgot somebody's name that you should have known? Oh, yeah. But you know, you know it, but you're at the moment, you're like, my good friend. Uh, that's uh, like what did you post on social media recently somebody called you dale or something like that was that real that was real how much of your humor is just made up stories i feel like you would make some stuff up too dave you think i would make i feel like some of your stories are starting to sound like stephen first i think that you i think that you make up some of your stories is it true do you make do you ever think oh that'd be a good story let me just tell that one maybe uh i'd say probably I, I can't give you a percentage because you know they say that sixty three percent of all statistics are made up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just made that up actually. But um, uh, yeah, you know, sometimes I'll hear a story, I hear a joke, and go, "Oh, that'd be a lot funnier if it was this." And I'll just kind of so you just throw, add some yeah, a little extra to it, rearrange it a little bit, make <laughs> make it funnier. I do that with Joel Osteen's jokes all the time. Really, I'm like that could be a lot funnier if I uh-huh. tell it. Okay, so I have a question about that because you're you are around a lot of influential people, people who have a lot of influence. Um, I feel like that I wasn't just trying to drop names. Yes, you are. You're straight up. You drop Stephen Furtick, T.D. Jakes. Do you know Oprah? Is Oprah another one? Do you know Oprah? If anything I've learned, can you just text her, send her a picture of me right now? That's the one thing I've learned from spending time with Oprah is not to (laughs) drop names. Get out of here. (laughs) Spending time with Oprah. She taught me not to drop names, actually. When you were at Harpo Studios back in the day, (laughs) telling her what she should do on her show, you've been deeply connected. (laughs) I think one of the challenges for a lot of people is this whole, in our society, it's another one, being ourself, finding, being, staying authentic. And I feel like, especially when you get invited into spaces where there is this, subconscious and it's not intentional but there's this pressure that you want people around you to like you you know especially when you're meeting people of influence i hope i don't screw this up you know as a lot of times you're thinking you're thinking for you how do you fight to remain authentic when you're around a lot of people that it would be easy for you just being human to succumb to the pressure of feeling like you have to i don't know act a certain way or be a certain way for you how do you center yourself to be yourself yeah you know of course, in different environments, you have to you have to tune yourself a little different way, yeah. you know. But but always being myself, like you know, I'm I'm the one that someone's going to say, 
if anyone was going to say that, it was going to be you, you know, because that's me. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I like to be a little on the edge. I, I do that in my in my messages. I do. That. I think for me, a lot of like uh, a lot of big speakers will curse. Yeah, like a Gary Vee or yeah, Tony yeah. Robbins. You know, they're, right. like, what they're doing there's shock value. Yeah. So, of course, I don't. I don't I'm not going to curse on stage. Not on a microphone. So yeah, yeah not on the microphone for sure. <laughs> uh, but uh, um, I'll, I may push it to the to the limit on a joke, yeah. just to shock people a little bit. Mm-hmm. And go, can he say that in church? Right, right, or, right. Can, can he say that? Is that politically correct? Yeah. You know, even even in the in the corporate you know side, I got to be you know you. I'll push those jokes that are just that. Is that politically correct to say that? Yeah. And uh, but that's that's part of being me, and I had to learn that because I would get very insecure. Like if you're speaking, you know, uh, with a group of guys that are either like maybe famous or yeah. maybe better communicators, you're like, I, I don't, I'm not anything like that. Yeah. But that's where. Really, it took me a long time just to be me. Yeah, just to be me. I mean, coming up, I'd I'd want to. If I was around you, I want to try to be like you. I, right, wish right, I, could, right. I wish I could preach like Nick. Man, he's yeah. so cool when he does that. He, you know, but then I'd be over here with this guy, and I'm like, oh wait, I need to throw my coat on people. That'd be cool. Yeah, and uh, you know, so you just kind of figure out who you're with, and and for the longest time, that's what I try to. I just try to be with whoever I was, and uh, and just finally going, okay, this is me, and. I'm different than you. Yeah. You know, God didn't create us to be the same. If I'm trying to be you, you're trying to be me. One of us is unnecessary, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think settling into that was a big help for me. There's so many people too that you see, if you if you don't intentionally make the decision to do that, especially in the world that we live in where things can go viral like that and your influence can grow like that. Yeah. I think about this for even like preachers on social media. It's so easy for you to... If you don't fight to be authentic, you can end up with an audience that you never really wanted that then force you into a corner that you never really wanted to be in based upon their assumption of what they think that you should be based upon, you know, the image that you do or do not present, right. you know, to people. It seems like you that's, you know, you you do push the envelope as it pertains to humor and things like that. There's this this thing of almost, you know, keeping yourself out of out of any box that people would want to put you in. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of the things that I teach, mindset and those kind of things, it's all about getting out of the box. Yeah, and so I think that always keeps me. And when you're crossing over into different genres too, you you got to be, um, you know, I want to be salt and light. Mm. You know, and if I'm if all I'm around is Christians all the time, and all I'm just like perfect. And when like you this, salt and light for you, that means yeah, I want to I want to sh- I want to be a witness. I want to yeah. you know I want to stand out. Yeah. To, in the corporate arena, I have opportunities to go places. Most Christians, most preachers, I don't never get to go. Yeah, sit with people and and uh, that aren't even thinking about God. Yeah, but how do I have now an opportunity to be salt and light in that in that moment? Right. And so, um, so I, I use I use all that as as ways to open up that door to to get me in that room mm. so that I can so I can be that. Yeah. You know. And being that for you is is what does that usually look like for you? You know, it, it it's all kind of different settings. One thing uh, I learned from a mentor of mine was he said, you know, you get in a room full of business people. How can you, you, you know, they don't want you to talk about God. They don't want you, you're not going to try to preach to them. So how do you open up that door? So he's like, well, you know, you're sitting around the table eating dinner. So tell me, um, 
tell me what what was what's one thing in your life what's the one thing that happened that probably changed your thinking more than anything else mm. or what's one thing I was like, oh it's this time my wife and i were in here what you know what was one moment so you go around the room and by the end they're like oh that's great and then they're all like well what about you yeah but you don't you don't know about yeah, what yeah, i yeah. want to say no no come on tell us what you're yeah, you know yeah. you're the you're the speaker they're wanting to know what what great wisdom well you know um I'm a Christian and yeah. probably mine was when Jesus came, you know? Yeah. Oh, oh. Uh, and it, 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 I mean, it never fails. One or two of those people will catch you later when they're by themselves. But can I talk to you a little bit more about that? Yeah. Or, you know, I used to, I grew up in church or, you know, so it's just a way to, to kind of shine the light out there. But if you're not ever, if you're never there, you don't have that opportunity. Yeah. You know, I, I try to, I try to only keep about 10% of my friends as Christians. Mm. You know, I try to get more of them non-Christians than right, right, right. Christians, you know. Right. And uh, I don't know how I got on that. What were we talking about? It's was trail. It wasn't what, focus. Yeah. What were we talking about focus? Let me ask Sarah. <laughs> Just go ahead and shoot. <laughs> what was I talking shoot, about? You're a text. You know what I was talking about right now? <laughs> do you like when you're when you are in these different groups, though, do you ever feel the pressure? Do you ever feel the pressure to perform or do you feel the pressure that you got to be what oh, yeah. people want you to yeah. be? Yeah. Yeah, you definitely, I definitely feel that. Especially the, I mean, you get into the corporate side, especially when they're paying you a lot of money. Yeah. You know, they're expecting a certain. Yeah, caliber. Of, yeah. So you feel the, yeah, I'll feel the pressure on that. Yeah. Yeah. Until that check goes through. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I always want to do my best in have everything ever, that I do. Have you ever bombed? Just like bombed? Not that I could think of. <laughs> Maybe on this podcast, but that's about it. Everything else has been really uh, good. No, I've always done a pretty good job. <laughs> Do you ever, have you ever, I mean, you hear people. I pretty much watch my that. own videos. <laughs> you comment? Do you like make other accounts that so you can just good. comment? Who is this guy? He's really awesome. Uh, that's a good idea. Let me make a note. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> make some. Start like a Russian troll farm. That's what you should do. Purchase a Russian troll farm and then just have them control the narrative of your organization and business. Perfect. Can That's you what tell I me do. how to do that? You probably have Putin's number, don't you? Just give, <laughs> give him a call. Shoot him a text. Yeah. Huh? That might be a good ask, idea. Ask, you're, you're probably friends with Donald Trump too, aren't you? <laughs> no, no, we don't get into politics. We don't get into politics, do we? We don't. <laughs> That's it's the key to your Jesus. success, isn't it? You just stay out of just politics. Stay, <laughs> just stay out just of it. chase your dreams yeah, the yeah. rest of your life, the best, the of, best your life, of your life, and don't talk politics. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Do you ever get into politics? You have ever invited into those circles? I have been invited, yeah. Do you decline? Yeah. Uh, a lot of times my schedule's full. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> But I really want to be there to support whatever. Oh I, my gosh! I can help. So okay, so talk about this. Is it intentional? Do you you decline intentionally? Yes, I do sometimes. Okay. Yeah. Because. Yeah. You know, I think. Um, don't hold to, your tongue to, now, <laughs> Dave Martin. Don't don't, because, don't don't hold your tongue now. Um, you know, I I think uh, to reach a wide range of people. Yeah. You know, what it was about was to be all things to all people, right. you know? And I, I think, uh, I try to live a, above that. I try to live in the kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you, when you just live by that, it's like a friend of mine. And, okay. About, define that for, for, for someone who doesn't know what that would mean. Yeah, I just, in a, a higher principle, uh -huh. uh, I think, you know, the high road on things like I'm not going to, uh, why would I going to argue? We, we we're not going to agree on that. So yeah, why yeah. sit and argue about it? Right. You know what? What can we agree on? I look to find what more. What we're for. What I'm, I want to talk more about what I'm for instead of what I'm against. Yeah. 
you know, like someone's like, have you ever done a series or a teaching on racism? I'm like, no. Mm -hmm. Why? Because I, I just choose not to be racist. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't, I don't, you know, so for me, that's kind of just how I, how I, I, I live my life. Just trying to, let me talk more about what I'm for instead of what I'm against. But specifically politics, you stay out of that because it would shut you off basically to certain people I, if I mean, you chose a side. I mean, in a lot of ways. Yeah, some people, yeah, definitely. How, how do you reconcile that with, and maybe you don't because maybe it's a personal thing, but do you ever feel a responsibility given your position to speak out on certain things? Uh, you know, I think it's, it's what you're known for too. Yeah. Like I'm known for encouraging people to reach their dreams. I'm, I'm to encouraging people that, that they can do more with their life. And, and I'm a, I'm a wisdom teacher, a principal right. leadership teacher. So, um, I, I don't really, uh, I feel the responsibility to do what I'm called to do. Yeah. So some people, that's what they're called to do is to speak out in those areas and, and go, Hey, here's what the Bible says about this. And here's who I'm, that's great. I applaud them. And if I can help them, you know, I, there's a pastor that loves to talk about politics Yeah. and I know Samuel Rodriguez, he does do, he does. <laughs> just kidding. He was on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> But I was able to connect him. I'm going to get you in um, so much trouble on this podcast. <laughs> Have we started recording yet? Oh, shoot. God. Hope that thing's not actually working. Um, but I was able to, because I do know people that are very connected there, I was able yeah. to make a connection for them to go to, be invited to the White House, to go to the, you know, and uh, and so I used my influence that way. You know, that's what you love. Okay, let me connect you with this person because they can get you right in there doing what you love and you can be a big part of it. Yeah. That's great. So you use it more more in that way. Because I think we live in a world where there is a pressure on influencers to use the platform that they have to speak up for those who can't speak up for themselves, right? Like there, yeah. that's no doubt. There is this unspoken, I think it's bigger than religious. I think it's a cultural standard in a lot of ways that people someone's trying to enforce that if you have a platform well you should be using that to speak up in different uh and everybody chooses a different stance on that or i guess defines what that means differently yeah for you do do you do you do that and i'm sure you would have your opinions on things yeah i use I, you know i use my platform to encourage people to be the best they can be to to you know life's not gonna be perfect but hey your attitude can change that. Your mindset can change that. So I use my platform to help people be better. Do you ever get angry at things that you see going on? Or is, it, is anger not part of your natural disposition? Like, here's what I'm saying. For a certain personality type, they see something happening in politics. They see some sort of injustice happening. They're like, I just can't bear to see this, and I need to. Yeah, is no, that, that's not just your, that's not your natural disposition. No, no I'm I'll be like, oh, I, you know, it's too bad. Yeah. <laughs> Pass the chicken. Pass the chicken. Let me, let me find another meme to post on Instagram. <laughs> we, need, we need humor. I think my gift is humor. I agree. In this world, uh, you know, uh, when some things really took off for us in the speaking industry was in 2009, 2010, uh -huh. when the public speakers and corporate speakers was declining. I mean, everyone mm. was because because of the, the recession. Businesses weren't hiring people, weren't booking people. I mean, churches even weren't booking people. Yeah. So we, we're so tight. They're laying off people. You know, everyone's losing their jobs and houses. And and I think that is at the exact time that our uh, speaking uh, exploded 
in the church and in the corporate arena as yeah. well. And I really think the humor, because people are so depressed, going through right. so much, like um, people will be like, in the middle of all this, you're still making me laugh, yeah. you know? Right. And I, I think, well, the Bible says laughter is like a medicine. Yeah, so yeah. I think that that has been my gift to give is that humor to if, if someone's going through a, something in their marriage or going through lost a loved one. Yeah. How can in the middle of that, they're like, how do, are you making me laugh right in the middle of crying? I'm like, you know, yeah. And I, I said, you got to find what was the joy, right? There was joy in that relationship. Let's right. look at that, you know? And so I, I think that's my, uh, my gift. And that's, what's really helped uh, us grow our organization. It's also, I think, the the huge side uh, or the big side of authenticity that I think that, you know, can be easy to miss. I think we think of authenticity and we think about our style. We think about what makes us, you know, unique. But I think it's also authenticity is this, I think it needs to be this refusal to be baited into social norms and societal pressures that you feel like you have to cave into. It seems like that's where people who maybe were being used or really influential in a certain way. It almost seems like almost they, they lose that it factor when they allow themselves to be baited into what people want them to be versus what you're saying, you know, but I, you know, you're yeah. talking about humor. That's your thing. And you gotta, yeah. st you gotta stick to it. I was just speaking at a big conference, um, of pastors, old, an older denomination, old and a bunch of older pastors. And I, I announced at the, the, conference that I was LGBT mm -hmm. and uh <laughs> and they all looked at me and they're like what, uh -huh. what yeah and I and I said like, what what does that not what I thought that stood for love God big tither <laughs> you know I I and and uh, they're all like can we laugh at that I don't know if that's they funny you know and, and some of them were laughing but then they're like but I mean I just let's just knock it open at the yeah. beginning here if I can just knock you off the, broke it out of the box yeah, yeah. so then I thought I should get shirts made <laughs> LGBT. It's interesting though that you're that you're willing to take that type of risk, but not a risk to talk about other things. Do you ever notice like that comedians can get by with saying things like you're like you can't some say some that. of them can get by with saying things. Yeah, <laughs> other others try to get by with saying things, and yeah, I'll probably be on the news <laughs> saying I'm sorry for something. You could always do, do stand up if it did. Yeah. If it did, if it did. <laughs> This didn't work. Out. This doesn't work. This speaking thing doesn't work. You can always just just take out the wisdom part. Just tell the jokes. <laughs> tell the jokes, dude. Just I, go on the road. I think that's what some people wish I'd do anyway. <laughs> Can't you just tell some jokes? <laughs> just tell us jokes. Just make us laugh. Yeah. But for you, you they're different. They're different. Yeah. I like mean, you have. I mean, that's that's risky. I, I could I could not imagine being a stand up comedian. But, like that but, freaks me out. Like I'd be scared to death to go on stage. And yeah, try but to your jokes. the humor you use within, I mean, church culture is very. I feel like they're not that welcoming of certain yeah. types of of humor. Unfortunately, you know, yeah. I think that they should be. But so what I'm saying That's is, what I it's too. interesting That's why to I do it because I think they should be. Yeah, I'm going to help them. Yeah, it's my job. Change but I the think world. That it's also this like place of your your risks should come from a place of conviction. You know what I mean? Versus like this pressure to appease people. Like you're willing to, you don't, you don't care. You don't care if people don't like the joke, right? Like there is this element of you that's like people, if you say a I joke think they like needed that, to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I really, I really do. It, it's, it's, it's weird because I really will. I, I really feel like this may sound weird to someone, but that God really helps me know how far mm. I can go and where I need to go 
because the jokes are beyond just a laugh. They're to open people up mm-hmm. to be able to, to do something else in there. And it's just like surgery. You know, you give them the laughing gas and, uh, and then you go in and you do the cutting, you know? Uh, and I, I really, I, I'll feel like, okay, no, don't tell that. You need to pull back a little mm-hmm. bit. They're not ready for that yet. Yeah. And, uh, and I'll, even as the night goes, I can tell I go a little bit further, but all of it is to get the message. It's not just to, I'm not just trying to shock people. There's an intention. Yeah. You're trying to. And I really feel like God leads me on which jokes to tell. Like, I, like I'll, I'll speak somewhere. Maybe there's, you speak three times and uh, they're like, yeah, different jokes every time. Mm. There's different jokes, different crowds, different things come up. And it's really a part of, I, you know, in the church quote terms anointing mm-hmm. on me mm-hmm. is to uh is to know when to when to tell a joke when not to tell a joke mm-hmm. what's going to push them a little further so they can hear some other truth that they need to hear how do you when you're talking to people outside of the church world define anointing yeah i would just say um uh you know that you kind of get a, a direction like most of them understand a piece or they yeah, understand yeah. spirituality internal guidance yeah, yeah just i'll feel like you know, I should tell that joke right now. Oh yeah, yeah. Just you know, something in you just feel. Like, oh yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. So they they understand that. Do you have a do you have practical things that you do to read a room? Like in the sense of because I think whether you be somebody in business or somebody in public speaking, there is this whole thing of being aware of your audience, right? Like knowing where they're at and knowing who you're talking to. How 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 do you, how do you figure that out? You know, I, I really do rely a lot even on the corporate arena, even more in the corporate arena than I would in the church arena. Yeah. I'll rely on the leading yeah. uh, the Holy spirit to help me. Yeah. Um, but it's funny cause like a, a professional speaker that loves to study speakers will break down my whole, well, he did this and that's, he did this and he was leading yeah. into, so he did a little NLP <laughs> neural linguistic programming. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know I did any of yeah. that. Actually, I just <laughs> was up there talking. I, I didn't really, but yeah. I, I am intentional on on connecting of not trying to be like anyone else, you know. Um uh what what's my difference? I really it's your it's your point of difference, not mm. your similarity to another, but your point of difference from another that I think makes the difference. So I, I'm always looking what is what's different about me. If I had to follow someone, uh, like if I had to follow someone like you, I can't I I mean I I watch your videos. You're awesome. I I can't preach like that. My son loves you're one of his favorites to watch your clips. No, I'm totally lying, but no, I'm not lying. I'm serious. Um, but like, I can't, I can't yeah. preach. Like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm no. like, I didn't think of that, but you can't tell a joke like me, mm-hmm. you know? And I have to remember that and, yeah. uh, and, and go, okay. Um, like you'll, you'll tell a story. It's hilarious. And, and, and it's in this message. And I'm like, man, I wish I could do that. Right. But you know, you just gotta be, I'm the king of the dad jokes and yeah, I'm going yeah, yeah. to stay that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's, you know, again, back to what you're saying, finding who you are and mm-hmm. being you, you know, and I think that's what gives you the, uh, the, the courage and the ability to do, you know, what you do. Mm-hmm. So, so people will break it down. I don't really have a, a science to how right. I, I do it. Right. You know, I, I joke every three to five minutes. Yeah. I, I do when I do a message or, or, or a speech, I will go back and I will put the humor in. I'll spend, I'll spend a lot of time, especially the first time, a lot of time on jokes, finding a joke, finding a one line that's going to go right there. And I try to, I guess I do. I, I try to about every three to five minutes have something that's funny that's just going to yeah. catch your attention. But after I, after I've done that a couple of times, you know, different ones may pop in my head. But uh, so I'm a little intentional in in that. But um, 
I try to that first few minutes make a connection and get laughing. Right. And if they feel connected and they're laughing with you. Oh, and another thing I, I do, uh, I didn't realize I do it, but uh, uh, I get people to agree with me mm. at the very beginning. Hey, how many like this or how many want this year to be better? Finding common ground. Yeah, with- and and uh, they get in a pattern of agreeing with you. So then yeah. when you get to the harder stuff, like, oh. Well, I, yeah, I agree with him. Yeah, 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 I've been agreeing with him all night, you know, kind of thing. So some of that stuff, I didn't plan that. It just was natural. But as I studied more to teach other people speaking, I, I realized, oh, yeah, I do do this. I didn't realize I did that, Yeah, you know. How much of it, I mean, being that you do kind of have an inside look at some of these people who are extremely influential and gifted in doing what they're doing, does it seem like majority are similar to that in that there is an innate – it's to me, it's the same thing with athletes in sports. You talk to an athlete and they're like, you know, you go watch the commentators and it's like, they're breaking down everything, but it's like, yeah. it's, we were just in the moment. Like we weren't doing everything that they're analyzing and thinking and they must've been, it's like, well, yeah, we'd love everybody to think that, but that's not the reality. We're just in the game playing it the way that, you know, muscle memory. Yeah. Does it seem like a lot of the people that we would know or that people would know as bigger names, influencers that they would look up to is there is a lot of it innate is a lot of it i would say a lot of those people is innate yeah Mm -hmm. it's just you know at at the uh nsa which is the national speakers association Mm -hmm. their event they were breaking down joel osteen Mm -hmm. and just to him he's the greatest to them he's the greatest motivational speaker and uh they don't even really look at him as a preacher yeah but as a motivational speaker Mm -hmm. and uh and they're breaking down how he does this and how he does that i'm sitting there going he has no clue that he does any of that (laughs) yeah he's just trying to help people and encourage people and he wouldn't even think of himself as a motivational speaker at all he's just telling them what the bible says and but but uh i find that the ones that are really making an influence a lot it's not like something that they practiced it Mm. was a natural gifting yeah, and you, you have right. these guys that really break it down and they're trying or just trying to emulate what they saw, what they think someone else is doing. And it's not a natural thing. Right. That's why I, I find it more in the corporate side with motivational speakers. You can tell, I mean, I can, most of them, I can hear it immediately. Yeah. They've rehearsed this over and over again and just saying it, yeah. it's, it's not their heart. It's right. not, but then you find someone else who that's their gift and, they could say that they could have preached the same message 20 times or the same speech, you know, a hundred times, yeah. but it sounds like they're just saying it for the very first time to you because it's really who they are. Yeah. You know, in the corporate side that people will pick, I want you to do this speech about this. Or I want you to do the speech about that. Yeah. And, uh, so you've done it over and over again. Yeah. But, uh, I think it was Zig Ziglar who said he had spent six, he, I, it may be a speech I've done a hundred times, but I'll spend six to eight hours preparing it just for that audience. Yeah. And I, I think that's been the one of the keys to my success at a big event. I just did the guys like, I didn't feel like you were a guest speaker. I felt like you were one of us because mm. I studied their, I, I listened to what they say. I, I, I use some of their terminology. I pull their terminology into what I'm saying. And so it sounds like I'm just part of their company, not a guest speaker. They brought in to just teach my stuff. Yeah. And it's some simple things like that, but it makes a huge difference in yeah. the impact that you make on someone. I do, do you, it at churches too. Yeah. You know. What do you think the balance, if it's a balance thing, between um let me say like this and then I'll explain it, between being an innovator and an imitator, innovation and imitation. When I say innovation, it's more that authentic thing that makes you you. 
when I say imitation, there's this certain things that I'm not good at that I learned from other people. How do you how do you find the balance of those things? And maybe even to further give context within the church world, you see, I mean, right now, the thing, if you need to learn how to build a church and church structure, you go to Church of the Highlands and learn from Chris Hodges. But no matter how much you learn all of their processes, it works for Highlands in a, in a grandiose scale. Nobody else has been able to be Highlands, even, even though they're doing all the exact same thing. They can right. experience growth. They can experience extreme success. They can all grow their churches, but no one's going to be able to do it like them because there's this innovator side. You know, so yeah. what's and, and we call it authenticity, innovation. What is the balance between, you know, resourcing myself and when I don't really I haven't found my voice yet, I kind of got to go off of what I'm seeing and what I'm feeling. But at some point realizing I have to cling to authenticity in order for it, in order for me to accomplish what I was put on the earth to do. Yeah. And, and I think that's that's a, a big key in that because you can see what he's doing. What like Church of the Highlands, you bring yeah. that up. Hey, you know the uh, you know know God, find for right. you, discover your purpose, yeah. make a difference, yeah. and you can go and do it, and people can go and do it, and it doesn't work. So yeah. no, it doesn't work. Well, they don't either. They don't buy in all the way, right. or I think you, in the middle of that, you got to make it you. Yeah, you got to make it you. Like I had a guy said, well, we we quit taking up uh, passing the bucket at our church. We just put boxes on the back wall because that's what. Um, Robert Morris did, yeah. and he has more money than anyone, you <laughs> yeah. know, and that's that's great. But that's his call. That's his anointing. Yeah. That's, that's it's the old David, you know. You right. got on Saul's armor, trying yeah. to be. It's his authenticity. It's yeah. his. I mean, it's a great. the The play is good. A good play. Run the play. Yeah. yeah. You know, Pastor Chris always says, right. "Just run the play." Here it is. Run yeah. the play. But in the in that, take ownership. You got to take ownership of it for it to be a, a success. So, like, I'm like. Everything that comes out of Robert Morris is blessing, generosity. It's he could talk about the end times and something in there is going to talk about yeah. generosity because that's right. who he is. Yeah. So it works for him, but someone else down the road, it's not going to work for them because that's not what they're they're called to do. They're trying to imitate exactly without being being who they are. Right. And so I think I think in the process, yeah, I find things out that work. I love how they do that. I'm gonna copy that. Yeah, you know, and I'm gonna I'm gonna use it, but I'm also gonna make it. I'm gonna make it mine. I'm gonna yeah. make it. I'm gonna make it me. You know, and I think that's the key in imitation and innovation. Both is I think there's you got to mix the two of them together. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not gonna spend a lot of time trying to reinvent something right. that you've already done that's really good. Yeah, I'm just gonna see what can I what can I do to make it mine. Not even to make it better. Hopefully, it'll be better. But I'm not trying to. I, I want it to be mine so that I can take ownership of it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's when it's going to be successful is when you own it. How do you find what is yours? How do you find, like for you, how did you find your message? How did you find what was you? You know, I, th I think that's just something that resonates in your heart. I think when, when I'm, when, if it doesn't move me, it's not going to move anybody else. Mm -hmm. So when I, whatever, anything I ever speak or talk about is moving me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how I find it's when I write, same thing. Like I, I, when I write this, do I want to turn the page? You know, mm -hmm. if I don't want to turn the page, then you know, uh, I'm I'm writing it for me. I'm, I'm my message is going to be for me. And I think if I if I have that kind of um, uh, ownership with it, again back to that that word ownership again, right. and then it's it's going to be. That's how I found mine when it spoke to me. 
Yeah. Which is important. It's yeah. easy again. I think it's that seduction or being baited into what you think people want to hear, you know, right. versus what is what's in you to communicate. But it, it's like, um, I remember years ago, my grandmother told me, well, you, all you do is you preach about this one thing, you know, when I was young and started preaching and you, well, there's a lot of other stuff in the Bible. I said, yeah. well, that's true, but that's not what I'm called to do. Yeah. So why would I try to do all this stuff? It's like, you don't get mad at your dentist because he doesn't fix your car. Right. Like, oh, you don't fix my car. Why? All you do is teeth. You just talk about yeah. teeth all the time. I, I need oil change. Yeah. No, that's not what he's called to do. He's called to do teeth. That's what that's what he's gifted in, and that's what he does. And so, I think we try to make people be everything. And like, just what what moves you? Because I think I think I understand. There's some people that would fly around the world to hear me speak. Yeah. Other people wouldn't drive across the street. That's fine. I, I that's fine with me. Um, but I, but those that will fly around the world, I'm gonna, I'm going to do my best for them. Right. And I'm going to find who's connected who's my tribe that old that old right you know, right right cultural thing that you know who, who's your tribe that's i think that's the key yeah being someone who i mean the thing that you do is coach people in, to success right or encourage them this whole idea of success how are you how are you defining that right now like success i feel like for a lot of people it's an evolution you know of yeah, figuring out what you that, know what it means but for you when you when you're saying you know you're a success coach you're trying to push people towards being a success. What is a success? A success, it, everyone has their own definition of success. And mm -hmm. and your definition of what you think of as success today is probably different than what it was five years yeah. ago. So evolutionary. And, yeah, and five years from now, it'll be totally different than what it is today. Like what, what I think of success right now with a couple of new ventures and things that I'm going into is totally different than what it was five years ago. Yeah. And, and five years from now, it'll change again. So like you said, it's, it's always evolving. Success is a journey. We've heard that yeah. before. And so uh, to me, success is happiness, really. Mm. If I'm happy where I'm at right now, what mm. I'm, whatever I'm doing, it's not that it's easy, not that it's perfect, but if I'm happy in it, then I'm, I'm success. I think it was Warren Buffett said to him, success was not having to work with anyone who makes my stomach turn mm. <laughs> when you're a success i don't want i don't like you i don't work yeah, with you right. <laughs> yeah but um but yeah to me it's just it's being a place of peace and happiness yeah yeah so when you're when you're talking to people about success there's part of you that's allowing them to be on their own journey to figure out what that is yeah i mean and in that like because you're, you're not saying just happy well you're not telling them find happiness you're i mean you're, you're calling yeah, it I mean, success you're, right yeah and you're gonna have goals you're going to have goals and things you want to accomplish. And that's going to be in your success journey, but your goals are going to change too. So, but right now here's my goal. I want to get to this amount of money, uh, in, in our account so that we can launch this new product so that we can do this. And so, so how do I get to there? And, and how do we, with me, I work a lot on mindset. I think so much of it, our limitations is our own thinking. And so yeah. that's what I'm, I'm working a lot with people on their, on their mindset and their thinking. But, um, uh, and, and so, so they're, like you said, the journey, the definition is going to change. So when I'm cushion, what's your, what is success look like to you right now? I pull that out and then, okay, how do we get there? How, how do we develop a plan to get from where you are to where you want to be? Yeah. Do you ever get tired of saying the same stuff over and over? Um, you know, I always say when you get sick and tired of hearing it, you're just starting to get it. It's so true. Isn't you it? know? So I, yeah, I don't really, I've said the rest of your life will be the best of your life a lot yeah. of times. Sometimes I do have to stop and go, that's really true. Yeah. You got to, you know, you can get so used to saying it 
that you just say it. Yeah. Oh, you can do that with a, a quote or with a scripture. Oh yeah. And and you gotta stop every now and then and go, no, that's really what I believe. Right. You know, and lean back into that and and so that you can say it with passion. Yeah. Yeah. Success, I think, is an interesting thing for me being someone who, I don't know, is interested and observes it because it it, it evolves not just in our definition, but in our culture. So things yeah. that are success today weren't successes yesterday. <laughs> and we really don't know what is going to be the success thing tomorrow. Like, we really don't. You know right. what I mean? Like, you can look at predictors, but there's no way to know for sure what is going to be the thing that is that is success. Do you find in being around people who have success or who have built you know you at the the disney's the the people who are like phenomenons what i mean because people talk about when you know uh what is it the the saying of uh, preparation meets opportunity and that whole kind of thing but there's a lot of people that have been prepared that had opportunity that it still didn't end up working out like what do you see as the common factor when you look at those things that at one point everybody's like, you're crazy to think that people would want to come to an amusement park and that you're going to be this global phenomenon and you know, you're going to yeah. provide space for other people to have success being that we don't know what's coming. What do you, do you see like a common denominator in all of those? What's at the core of them? Uh, you know, I wrote this book, the 12 traits of the greats. It's available <laughs> on Amazon. Yeah. Um, and, uh, do you do an yeah. audio book? Do you read it? I do actually have an audio book on that. Do you? Yeah. And you read it yourself? I have. That's yeah. awesome. Um, in there, I studied great achievers, finding out what was right. the similarities in them or what was the, the... But, you know, it's everyone is so different to me. And I don't think one key, that's why I put 12 of them, you know. So at, at different times, different ones are going to stand out to you. This is what I need right now. This mm -hmm. is the key I need right now. I don't need this key to get in my house. I need this key to get in my car. So uh, to me, I think, like I said, any, uh, everything's changing. And, and today's society, I mean, things are changing quicker than ever. Yeah. And even what was, uh, you know, I watched a movie the other day that's like 15 years old, and, and they were saying something. In the movie. I'm like, oh, my God, they said that today? Mm. That would be just... Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, Don't you ever watch TV shows from the '80s or '90s, and you're like, dude, you like this would that. never fly. Yeah, and it, it's the same thing with, um, you know, even success. To some people, success is oh, that's horrible that, that you even talk about that. That's just yeah. so not even, especially Christians, you know. Yeah. And uh, but yet the Bible talks a lot about it, right? So, um, I think if if I went to one thing that really. I see for people that really accomplish great things is their, is their mindset. Mm. I just go back to that. What they believe is, is possible. And I was, I grew up in a small town in Mississippi and I left Mississippi long before Mississippi left me. Mm. You know, I left the, the location, but the mindset right. still held me back from a lot of things. I mean, and we'd all admit at some point in our life, we've limited ourselves by our own thinking. Yeah. And people can say, well, I don't need all that, or I don't want that. Or, and, uh, a lot of times I just think it's, it's just false pride. They're just trying to, right. you know, it's cause they don't, they don't have the, um, the guts to go for it or they don't, yeah. the, you know, so they, they'd rather just say, I don't need that yeah. instead of going for it. Yeah. Cause I, I think God put in every one of us this desire to be great. He created us mm -hmm. in his image and he's great. So greatness is in us. And I, I think, um, I, I think it's just, pull, how do we pull that out of us? And how do we how do we pull that out of other people? Yeah, you know that makes sense that. to me because 
if if it's in us, I would think that you know the the things that become successful they come from within us in a lot of ways. You know, put there by God or well, that, the whole scripture you know, that talks about God gives you the desires of your heart. Uh-huh. You know, and you can go that either way. God gives you the desires. I desire that white Toyota out there, right? And so God gave me that white Toyota, uh, or did God give me the desires of my heart, the desire to use humor, yeah, desire right, right. to. You know, I think part of the plan, Jeremiah 29, that he had, he gave us the desires to help us fulfill the plan. Right. You know, and so it's, again, it's how you look at it. So I think all that's in us. Right. It's just how do we dig it out? Because, I mean, and especially if you've been around or, you know, indoctrinated by indoctrinated type belief systems and religion, there is this ideology that God's plan for your life is... Um, in opposition with the desires that you would have for yourself, you know, that these passions that you would have. So I think that there is this thing that you miss out on, like if God created you, if he is creator and he made you, then the things that are in you are intentionally designed there and put there as well. You know, you you can't separate those things. That's why I wonder, because I, I, you know, just food for thought for myself is always like, what is at the core of it? And it seems to me you you remove the gifting from the organization or you remove the person who has this thing inside of them that is almost the nucleus of the, of everything that happens. It seems like it's never quite the same. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I feel like it evolves and it changes, but it all comes back to, I mean, you look at Apple with Steve jobs when, I mean, I think we've all seen those things when he's in it and when he's out of it, you know, there's, it's just, it's just different, you know? And I, it, it seems like there is that, you know, kind of comes full circle to kind of this theme that seems reoccurring in the conversation of this authenticity or this, there is something in you that can create things around you if you'll tap into that, you know, more than just hustle and more than just work ethic and more than just, you know, determination, but determination that is centered around not what the external world wants you to be, but go within yourself and figure yeah. out what's in there. And then how do you take the lid off that? To create space for it to become success. Yeah. And that and that's I mean, with insecurity and self-esteem, all those things, it's is what hinders yeah. people from just being themselves. Yeah. Being who they were created to be. Yeah. You know, I kinda I always say I kind of picture up in heaven, God's got pictures of all of us up on the wall. And the picture, you know, God's got some mad Photoshop skills, yeah. you know, because the picture he has of you is mm. is is awesome. You know, he's already taken out all the wrinkles of, yeah. of weakness and the blemishes, all the failure and all that. So what happens is most of us take the picture God has of us and we lower it to how we see ourselves mm. instead of learning to live in the picture frame. I wrote a book called Godfidence, mm-hmm. you know, the difference in being confident and being Godfident, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and really, and it took me a long time to really, I would say it's, it's been the past eight to 10 years, yeah. really, when I've really got that this is this is who I am these are my gifts and I don't have to try to be this for that person and this for that person this is who I am and God put this in me and so I'm gonna I'm gonna let it out that's hard you know it's really hard how did yeah. you how how have you and, and it, how do you it's continue still hard. to it's, yeah, it's, yeah yeah I don't know that it, we all it's funny we all like to talk about all the things that we used to struggle with and forget to talk about the things that we're you know we're still struggling oh, yeah. with I yeah. feel like that's you never fully I feel like that's something that's just anchored in humanity, that you're always going to have to war this thing that wants you to, you know, be what people want you to be or to, you know, be baited into something outside of what you were put here for. Yeah. How, how do you, how yeah. are you, how do you, 
or when you coach people? How do you teach them to be okay with them when the reality is they know everything that's wrong with them? I feel like I talk to people that it's like, I'd have no problem with the self-help instructions and issues. It's just that I know me, yeah. you know? So you, you can say all of these great things about me and whatever, but you don't know me like I know me. And I already know all the things that I'm doing wrong. And it's like this internal struggle because it would be nice if I could, but there's things, how do you, how do you coach people to reconcile those yeah, things? It's like when, when someone says, Oh, if you, if you took a church, it had thousands of people overnight. And I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how I'm going to get yeah. anybody to come. Yeah. You know? um, and, and so, so yeah, it's a, it's a constant dealing with that, that whole renewing your mind, yeah. you know, uh, every, every night. Cause I'm like, it's easy when I'm at the big conference with Chris Hodges and he's sharing how they built church of the Highlands. Like, yes, I could do this. Yeah. I could have the biggest church in the world. Yeah. yeah. And then you get home and you're sitting there with your, you know, popcorn, your underwear. And you're like, I suck. Yeah. I'll never be able to do that. I can't, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I deal with that and, and constantly going, okay, I don't have the gift for that. I don't have, I can't do that, this. And, and then just leaning back into that grace of, you know, or man, I got this issue or I got that issue. And then again, leaning back into that grace of like, you know, my heart is for God and mm. God looks at the desires of my heart. He's not looking at the outside, what everyone else sees. He's, he, and, and, uh, and you look at, at David, you know, and I, I always look at him, I'm like, man, if not for grace, yeah. you know, where would I be? Yeah. And whether it's in my gifts, my talents or something stupid that I did, right, right, right. you know, leaning on knowing that God used him because his heart was after God, yeah. even though he did some jacked up stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, if, if you just talk about jacked up people, that whole Bible's full of those people, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, right. Yeah. <laughs> That God still used, yeah. And so I really lean into that into that grace a lot, yeah. In 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 everything from my confidence to uh, my giftings, yeah. If not for grace, like I, like having the gift to speak, God gave me that gift. Right. Being able to communicate and get up and and people laugh and they and get, I mean, my goodness, God could take that away in a second. Yeah. So to think it's a bit about me, yeah, would be the dumbest thing. That's where pride gets in, and that's you know I think that just jacks up people. I am really, I'm really proud of how humble I am. <laughs> is it easy for you to separate? Like, cause you talk about that. I, I find that and I, any, you know, anybody you talk to, there is an awareness between, and even if it's not a, a conscious awareness, I think that you, you have to see that it's there, that there are people who have gifting that, you know, there's these moments where you step in and you do something or you're operating in your quote unquote gift or the thing that you're good at. And you realize that it's bigger than you. You realize that it's more than just, you know, something that you've learned. It's something that literally has been, it just, it just works. Yeah. Are you able to separate, do you separate that from you, you know, and is, does that, is that an easy thing for you? I, yeah, it is pretty easy for me. I realized 90% of what I, where I'm at, who I'm with, where all that's just God. Yeah. That's not me at all. Yeah. So yeah, I can pretty much like, okay, even if I didn't have God, even if I didn't, I could just go and, you know, I can talk. Yeah. I, that's a, but then I'm like, well, but he, he gave me that gift too. Right. So really I can't do anything. Yeah. You know, so, um, so I don't really have a hard time getting like, like some people deal with pride. I really don't have a hard time with that because I just really don't think I could do anything. Do you ever feel like people think that you are better than you actually are? Oh yeah, all the time. Uh huh. Yeah, 
like like I don't really know what I'm doing. I I just I just kind of I don't know. <laughs> I, really I just kind of figured that I don't know. I just yeah. be nice to people and love people and yeah. and yeah, this just kind of ended up being pretty successful. At it. Which is probably I think it's a scary place to be, but also probably the best place to be where there is this awareness of okay, this is bigger than me. And and realizing it could all be gone. You know how when you when you're sitting in a chair and you're leaning back on those back two legs and you almost fall and yeah. you catch yourself. Yeah, yeah I kind of feel like that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Which is good, right? I mean, that's a good thing. I think it's a, it, it leaves you in a place where it's your total reliance is on on God, mm-hmm. you know. And oh, I go home at night. Oh God, why did I say that? I shouldn't have said that. That was the dumbest thing. They're gonna think I'm an idiot. They're never gonna talk to me again, you know. Yeah. Uh, but then you know, you know, I just gotta rely on on Him. You know, this is this is His thing. He, I mean, I'm I'm here for Him. So. Being that you get to experience such high points, speaking to rooms of, you know, 20,000 people or more, do you experience low points? Is it hard for you it, it, when you, it's like people who, I always think about NFL athletes that have the, you know, they work so hard to experience this incredible career. And then at some point it's over, but they're still alive for a lot more years. You know what yeah. I mean? There's still a lot. It's like you, you don't want to say you peaked, but there's this moment that is so grandiose and big when that's gone and the people are gone and nobody's yelling your name and nobody's listening to you. Yeah. I, you know, I think we've all experienced these moments where you feel this sense of what, what now, where do I go from here now? Do you ever experience that? Oh yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's very easy. Get back to your room and man, you're by yourself. <laughs> yeah. It's just you and some peanut butter stuffed pretzels <laughs> and you're eating them and you're going, ah, well, that was pretty awesome. But now yeah. I'm pretty lonely sitting yeah. there, you know, so, um, so yeah, I mean that, that, uh, those highs and lows are, are, are constant. Yeah. How do you, you know? how do you d- deal with them? Um, I, I'm, I'm grateful for friends. You mm-hmm. know, I, I'm really, I was telling someone the other day, I said, I'm really grateful that God's allowed me to have friends all over the world mm-hmm. because the other day I had to, I had, was up at something at three 30 in the morning and I was just like, God, I wish I had someone to talk to. And I'm like, mm-hmm. wait, I have friends. <laughs> yeah in Australia that are awake right now. I yeah. have friends and, yeah. and and so I can lean I, I'm thankful for friends I can lean on with in those moments. I can yeah. call somebody and just start laughing, telling yeah. a conversation. All of a sudden it starts bringing me out of that. So yeah. I've never yeah, I've never done drugs, never turned to alcohol for to fill yeah. that. I you know, I've just turned to friends and yeah. and uh and it may not even be a deep friendship, but I can I can call and have a conversation yeah. with someone and just all of a sudden yeah. You know, laughter and, and you get talking and then helps you kind of yeah. get forward moving. Yep. And you, yeah. get, you get going. So, yeah. So, so I'm, I'm grateful. I'm addicted to friends. It's a good addiction yeah. to have, right? I used to be addicted to Krispy Kreme donuts. Really? But yeah. But uh, you don't eat Krispy Kremes anymore? I, I still. Do you watch what you eat? Or are you pretty? I've been, you pretty? Uh, I've been clean now about nine months. <laughs> <laughs> are you like gluten free or like, you know, do you not eat certain no, things? No, I actually. Add add gluten if I can. <laughs> if I, really, what's do you your, have any extra gluten? What's I your What's that. your approach to to those kinds of things? Being you travel so much, you know it's um, it's it's a lot of work uh-huh. traveling. I mean, it's you yeah. that that's something you have to be very intentional on because everyone you go out to eat. That's where you do you hang out and yeah. and if you're with Christians, that's your only sin you're allowed that's is the only food. Thing. So you can be glutton and coffee. And, yeah, right. So you have <laughs> coffee and donuts. Get and fat. wine now. They're allowed wine. I hear. Yeah. Well, I heard that too. I heard that too. I don't not that, you. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Jesus did it, but I'm not trying to be Jesus. My my uh my my uh my grandma, she always says, um, 
she always has this, she does, she has this testimony, you know, she's like, I've, I've never had a lick of alcohol in my life. She says, but I like strawberry daiquiris, non-virgin. <laughs> it's like her whole thing. It's like, grandma, you realize <laughs> that then you've had a lick yeah. of alcohol yeah. in your yeah. life. No, I have not. No, no. Not me. My parents won't even have, won't even have cough medicine because there's alcohol <laughs> in not there. Allowed. I might go to hell. You, you, yeah, you yeah. play in the devil's playground. <laughs> He's going to take you under. I'm sure you've seen a lot in church. What's your favorite church memory? Funniest church memory. What's your funniest church story? And it's got to be better than hitting people with their jacket. Oh, my goodness. Their coat. Um, that I can tell? Oh, come on, just uh, tell it. Come on, I don't know. Just say it. I got you biting your tongue in this podcast a couple moments. You we did. Talk, you see how nervous he got when we talked politics for a second? He was sweating, <laughs> man. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, let me think of it. My funniest. Hey, you know the church. funniest video to me? Have you seen? And I, I don't care. So I'm gonna uh, look up the woman that. Have you seen the Holy Ghost enema one? Mm -mm. The woman that's preaching, and she tells everybody that they need a Holy Ghost enema right up their rear end. Have you seen yeah, that video? I do. I know. Pull her. up that video. Actually, just I know play. her very Duh. well. She's your friend. I promise you, I, I can pull up her cell phone <laughs> number on my phone right now. Why does she do that though? Should we call her and ask her? Mm -mm. Because there's things that happen in a moment, like right, like if you get going. You know what I'm saying? My yeah, watch. Revving to go. You know who that is? Yeah. How about yours? And if it's not, you know what? I know both if those guys behind her right there. Too. You know what you need? This is funny though. Okay. You need a Holy Ghost enema right up your rear end. <laughs> okay. Time out. Because that is the funniest thing, Dave. You have to tell me that is not the funniest thing. Like I've been in some church. There's something about being in a church service where it's like it's a safe place. You know what I mean? And there's things that happen that in the moment it feels so right, and then afterwards you're like, that was so not right. That was 25 not okay. years later when they're playing it on YouTube. You're like, and we're talking about it on the podcast, oh, right? Oh, yeah, there's the name need, right there. What you need is a Holy Ghost cinema right up your rear end. And it's probably true. It's just a different way to put it. But that's funny. Yeah, that's like uh, one time one guy was talking about um, the church is a living organism and every living organism mm -hmm. needs a bowel movement every mm -hmm. now and then. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just got to release it. You just got to. It's just a bunch of. Um, but. Uh, Oh my goodness. There's there's countless there ones. But I feel like anybody who's grown up in church, they have the most stories. I feel like they that's why they could be stand-up comedians because yeah. you can't make this stuff up. You literally can't. Like it's funny. Yeah. Especially if you grew up in a small church in Mississippi. <laughs> yeah, it can be kind of people just crazy act a fool in church. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why, but you you wonder. I think that they just I don't know. It's such a safe place. Now it's not because it's not there's cameras. It. Yeah. Yeah, I recorded a lady on the airplane today. You did? Yes. I love doing that. It was that, crazy. She was. Do you crazy. have like sneak? She started hitting me on the plane. She stole my phone. We had to call and get it out of her purse. Are you it, serious? No, it, it was uh, it was crazy. I, Wait, you're serious? No, I'm totally. 100 she stole your phone. Serious. Yeah, it was an accident. She said, <laughs> but I could. I'm like, where's my phone? Uh -huh. It was in her purse. <laughs> you had to. You had to yeah, gauge security. on the flight. It was crazy. <laughs> she had one too many. She oh I she think did mixed with some medication yeah yeah it got kind of crazy strawberry daiquiri's non virgin yeah that was exactly. kicking it back <laughs> Jack Daniel's chicken hold the chicken yeah, hold the chicken yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so good oh my gosh um, yeah so I mean yeah you see a lot of stuff in church and I yeah. think it's the or on the airplane thing. or on the airplane I mean I yeah. guess life if you're looking for it you can find humor everywhere yeah 
What about the story when uh, you were hunting and you got shot in the eye by Dick Cheney? Yeah. What is <laughs> what is that story? That You're crazy? famous. That's well. Tell everybody. Have you seen that? Know. Have you seen the video? No, I've seen your video where you talked about it, but I don't really know like the full. You haven't seen the rap video. No, what's the rap video? Oh, yeah, they did a remix of it. Really? Yeah. Wait, no, I did. You sent me that. Yeah, I think I did hear it. Like somebody made it. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so what happened? So, you got shot in the eye. Yeah, we were out hunting, and uh, another guy shot too low. Sean Nepstead, and uh, <laughs> I don't. I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus or anything, but uh, Sean Nepstead. Sean Nepstead. The one that shot you. Yeah, I'm not gonna, I don't want to say who it was, but Sean, when he he shot too low. <laughs> Uh, because he's probably not being safe with his gun. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, and uh, wait, how did he shoot? Where were you? Where were you standing? Yeah, so they've got this position in pheasant hunting called the blocker. Okay, which is really a, a dumb position. Now that I think about it, I like the position at first because you don't have to walk. Okay, so it's kind of you stand there, lazy. It's kind of a little bit lazy, yeah, and comfortable. So, yeah, so I'm like that sounds like a good position. Yeah. I'll take that. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like success to me. Happiness, yeah, right? So. Just, so I, you get behind this um, big hay bale, and they're coming down the field towards you, and you're down there. So any birds that get away, they fly right past you, and you can shoot them. Okay. So, um, so I was down there, but but if they shoot, you know, if they're shooting high enough, you're supposed to have some sky between your gun and below your gun. And he just shot too low, and a pellet from the twelve gauge, you know, it sprays pellets. A pellet, just stray pellet, got me about a half inch right below my eye. <laughs> And I was just standing there talking to another guy, and all of a sudden, I was just like, bam. And I was like, it shocked me. And I was like, what was that? And I looked down, and all of a sudden, blood's just pouring out. So you didn't out. even realize what had happened. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. At first, you know, I was in shock. It's just like, you know, and then, you know, you think on television, you see someone get shot in the face. You're like, they're not gonna, half my face is yeah, gone, yeah, you yeah. know. And so, and there's blood pouring everywhere. So I didn't know what was going on. But, but the. Um, what was everybody's yeah, response? Everyone was freaking out. Was it awkward? I think Sean, he probably... Sean feel, I'm sure he felt bad. He probably feels pretty bad. Did he, he say sorry? Yeah. Did he buy you anything? Like um, to say he was He sorry? will. He, he will. will. He, he has it yet. Yeah. The lawsuit's not over. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, he'll buy me a lot of things. Yeah. Maybe a new church. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, talk about favor. I was below my eye. Dude. Half inch below my eye. And, uh, you know, Heal, it's healed up. I mean, I think it's still a little black and blue. I don't even really notice it, but people will be like, "What happened to your eye?" You know, like, like, "Oh, I got shot in the face." It's another way to go. So I, my theme song every time I, I see him, um, I, I, I see Sean. Now I think of that song. I can't feel my face when I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Had you but, been hunting before? No, it was my first time hunting. <laughs> what? Your first hunting experience? First one. Am I probably my last? I wonder, what did everybody say though? Like if I'm there and somebody gets shot in their eye, like what was the was there panic? Was there like somebody call somebody? Like yeah, you know, our the hunting guides weren't shocked at all. They weren't like panicking at panicking at all, which gave me peace, actually. Yeah. Cause I'm like, okay, must not be that bad. And this must happen probably a lot. Cause <laughs> I was talking to one of them earlier who said he has a couple pellets in his jaw and he didn't even realize it until he was at the dentist. And they're like, what is it? Oh, he, oh I remember I got shot that one time. So that one time. Um, uh, so I, I, I looked at him and he wasn't totally panicking. So I'm like, okay, it must not be that bad. Cause he started getting the dogs and putting them in the truck instead of like calling a <laughs> helicopter or ambulance or something. So, um, yeah. 
Oh my gosh. And I was still, you know, I, it, I guess I was shocked at first, but then after that, it was, it was, it was fine. And you're fine. Yeah. That's and crazy. I just tell everyone I got shot down. I was on the South side of, De- of, <laughs> of Dakota. Course, of course you do. <laughs> of Dakota. You, you, you use that story to your advantage. Huh? Oh yeah. It's, kind of build on it. it Does is, it build every time? It is getting better. <laughs> every time that you tell it. <laughs> oh, in all of your travels, I do have this question. In all of your travels, because you are so busy, but you have a family. How do you, how do you do all that? And yeah. still keep things healthy. Yeah, I try to take them with me um, as much as we can. You know, my wife travels a lot and speaks as well. So my son will sometimes go with me, sometimes with her. But 50% of the time we're together. Uh, that's another one of those things. I just think there's a grace. God gives you a grace for it. Like my son, I think of of, of him. We're looking at a, something that would um, take us off the road some. And people are like, yeah. You know, oh, it's going to be so much better for your stomach. My son doesn't know what to do if he was just in the same mm-hmm. place. Yeah, because it's always ever known. Yeah. So, like, is moving, is that going to be tough on him? I'm like, no. Yeah. Staying in the same place might be tough on him. But it's just all he's ever known. So, like, people say, well, what's normal? I'm like, well, there's no. Normal is what works for you. Yeah. The balance is what works for you, I think. So yeah. I don't think I can give someone say, this is balance. I yeah. think everyone finds their own balance. Yeah. You know. If there is such a thing, right? If I mean, there even is a balance, yeah. But it's finding what what works for you and your. So we 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 love it. I mean, my son, he was doing it. he he homeschools, mm-hmm. so he had to fill out a thing the other day, a map of the U.S. and he had to mark all the states he'd been to. Mm. And uh, I'm like, you know, he's 13. He's been to all but I think four wow. states, you know, and he's been to I think all but like one continent. Really? Uh, I think Antarctica is the only continent he hasn't been on. Yeah. You know, so I mean, that's pretty pretty interesting um experiences that he's had you know he's being homeschooled he, he's not that great at and spelling but he sure can't have a conversation with him. <laughs> uh, what is he into have you found that have you found having a thir- 13 year old has like kept you young like are you are you still a cool dad in his eyes oh definitely so you're still like I, I think and i'm so much cooler than my dad was <laughs> i mean yeah, I don't know how that happened, but do you think it's true, or was, do you think that do you think that all dads think that? God, I hope I hope it's true. I wonder sometimes. Yeah, I hope it's true. I think we're getting cooler nowadays. Maybe, maybe. we yeah. hope. Yeah. Well, that is one thing I think that might be true because I think social media almost like normalizes a lot. Like if you're on social media, because everybody's then seeing things that are current trends, right? Like it seems like it yeah. does bridge somewhat of a gap between generations because in times past you only knew what was hitting if you were around people that were kind of guiding the culture i feel like now everybody's so feeding off the same you know technology yeah. and news and media and yeah you can throw a, a joke out there that's some youtube yeah thing that went around a vine or something you yeah. know that, and it's like everyone laughs You're like, everybody knows that. yeah are you on tiktok so, no you should my be on son TikTok. was doing that the other day he wanted me to be on one with him oh dude do a tiktok but i haven't i haven't done that i've, I've had tic tacs <laughs> Is that, is that similar? You are a comedian, aren't you? All of this uh, this family style comedy, you know. If you should, at, when you go on the, your next Disney cruise, you should do the Family Hour. Yeah, yeah, and tell your Tic Tac jokes. <laughs> I don't know about uh, TikTok, but I know about Tic Tacs. <laughs> Hashtag dad joke. Hashtag dad joke. My son actually, he's pretty funny. He's got a is great. He? He's got a great sense of humor. He told me the other day. He said, "Dad, what would?" Um, he said, what would the Secret Service say if someone pulled a gun on Donald Trump? Mm. Donald Duck. 
Did he make that up or he found that one? I don't know if he made it the up. The real question is, does your wife still laugh at your jokes? She does. She does. Yeah, but she does very well in life because of them. So I guess <laughs> she should laugh. Just keep on laughing, baby. She's wearing those jokes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> She's wearing those jokes, ain't she? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, do you read a lot? I do read a lot. Okay. You yeah. Because I always wonder, yeah. like, a lot of, if you're an author, do you, are you naturally a reader? Yeah, because I'm, I'm writing. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm, so I'm constantly studying. I'm constantly reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love, I love to read. I always have a book with me. Just finished, uh, and I and I don't think you ever get a book from the first time. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you got to read it two or three times to really get it. I just finished Necessary Endings, mm, great book, for the third time. You know, uh, now I'm reading. Uh, I just recently connected with a guy named Harvey McKay, mm-hmm. who's been a hero of mine. He's 87 years old, and I got to spend some time with him. But two of his books are in the top 20 best business books of the last hundred years really? up with Dale Carnegie and uh, seven habits of highly effective people and yeah, all those yeah, yeah. one was how to, how to swim with the sharks without being eaten alive. Mm. Um, so I'm reading that now. Yeah. And, uh, and then also he wrote one, never, never take a shirt off the back of a naked man, <laughs> something like that. It's crazy. Titles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, those are both, uh, successful great books so I'm, I'm reading both of those how long does it normally take you to get through a book and you're like a reader right not like audiobooks like you're like yeah because i like to mark in the book i like okay. to actually have the book and mark in it and it, it you know it, it takes me a while because i i have a hard time focusing yeah if way. i'm by myself i'll read i'll literally walk and read like walk around my room and read it out loud uh, or I'll sit and read. I have to read it out loud to really get it. Yeah, yeah. If I'm if I'm on a plane and I'm reading, like I have to read the same paragraph like four or five uh, times I because so I start thinking of yep. ten million other Mind things wonders. or the drunk lady next to me that keeps yep. hitting me. Yeah, yeah. she distracts. Stealing your distracting, phone, <laughs> taking my phone, drinking her Jack Daniels. Yeah, chicken without the chicken. chicken without the... That was crazy. <laughs> who have been? Who would you say have been your? Let's say top two mentors whether you've known them or not who have you learned from the most top two probably john maxwell and mike murdoch really yeah why mike murdoch uh, i traveled with him for seven years did you really so, yeah yeah so uh and that was before you were was that before you were like an itinerant speaker speaking or yeah yeah so it was uh 20 something years ago I traveled with him first before I met my wife, and then yeah. I met her, and we went back uh, and and uh, traveled with him again for a few years. Wow. So, yeah, That's so cool. he was up-close mentor. Yeah. I was with him. I was in his home. I traveled with him. Uh, John Maxwell, for years, was a mentor from reading his books, listening to his tapes, and then, and then more recently, really building a, a great friendship and relationship with him. But for years... I didn't know who he was mm-hmm. I mean, personally, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, so I think, you know, your mentors, maybe someone you never met before. Yeah. You know, so true. And then now I've got a, a guy named Nito Cobain, who is hmm. phenomenal. Who's a real, become a real mentor to me really? recently. Yeah. He's the president of high point university. One of the most brilliant, brilliant people. Really? Um, it's funny. I just went and spent the day with him and he told me, he's like, yeah. Um, 
John's coming up, Maxwell. He's, yeah. he's, he's coming up. He's bringing a guy. Um, uh, he's a pastor that he wants me to meet and, and wants to spend some time with. And, I'm, and uh, I said, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I don't remember. And so I, it was Pastor Chris Hodges. Okay. And I'm like, okay. okay. Um, you know, if John Maxwell's bringing you there, to, it, this guy must be pretty, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, right. pretty much knows, knows yeah. what he's talking about. So he's, he's an incredible guy. He sits on the board of like SunTrust Bank and Lazy Boy. And, and, yeah. uh, but what he's, he's built this university is just amazing. So I'll wrap it up with this. But I, I think one of the most um, intriguing things for me about what you're able to do with, um, with, with what it is that you do is, is kind of what we talked about in the beginning, but this ability to be in so many different diverse circles, um, diverse circles that if you are outside of them, you know that even they themselves can be somewhat exclusive um, rather than inclusive. Yeah. Yet you're able to slip into their meetings, slip out of their meetings and almost be like a commoner insider with, with all of those people. seems like you don't, focus on the things that you have different, the things that you probably have more in common. Um, is, is that, do you find that not just easy for you personally, but do you find, um, do you ever finding yourself having to not talk about other circles that you're connected to around certain circles that are a little bit more exclusive? Yeah. Yeah. I just wouldn't, you know, you may have friends that aren't friends, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, yeah. uh, and yeah, you just, like I said, I talk about what I'm for, not what I'm against, you know, and in those circles, Hey, what's our common, what, what do we have in common here? And and then I get in other circles, which they, they actually need something that this circle has that they've kind of thrown out, but this would really help you guys if you understood this. So then you almost act and, as a bridge in some and ways. So, yeah. I really, I really feel like I'm, I'm able to, to build a bridge and, and, and then also navigate where people I've been able to help a lot of people that are looking for connection. Like, Okay, you know, you really wouldn't fit in this circle. These people would be awesome for you. Yeah. And so I've been able to, I think God's allowed me to do that to help other people yeah. find their place where they can really be connected, that they can help help them grow and, and yeah. develop as well. So uh, I, I love the having the opportunity to do that, Yeah. you know, and to be in those different places. And, and sometimes I'm like, how did I get here? Yeah. You know, I'm always like that. I'm like, how in the yeah. world did this happen? But I think it's pretty incredible. But, and I think it says a lot about you, the ability to be able to do that and to be able to keep, you know, even though you may not agree with every nuance of everybody to stay objective. I mean, cause what a gift to those people you can be that they wouldn't have otherwise. So I think that's pretty. Yeah. And I, again, I think I've said it like three times or, or more, but, I think it's looking at what, what do we have in common instead of what we're against? Yep. What are we for? Yeah. You know, what, what can we talk about that, that we both love, you know, maybe it's a Disney cruise, yeah. but whatever it is, let's, yeah, yeah. let's find that instead of looking at race. I don't, I don't really agree with how you do this. You baptize this way. Or you, right. I'm like, I'm just, I, it's not worth it to me. Do you ever then have conversations though? How do you have conversations then to evolve or to be better if you're not discussing things that could be you know, could be challenging to discuss with someone. Yeah, I just live my whole life on the surface. <laughs> no, um, just a pretty shallow person. Yeah, and know? if it gets deep, I just make a joke. <laughs> that's what my wife says. You always make a joke when I'm trying to talk about something serious. I'm like, that's good. You're talking about something serious. I don't want to talk about that. Um, no, you know, I, I mean, we will have those conversations, and 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 sometimes I'll be like, yeah, I don't. I'll, inside, I'll be like, I don't agree with that. But okay, yeah, 
I understand what you're saying. And then other times I'll be like, I'll, I'll go back home. I'll be like, you know what? I need to look at that a little bit more. Cause yeah. that, that, you know, that makes sense to me. And I've just always just said no. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I need to look at that a little. And I've, I've changed the way I thought about things or yeah. seen things by those kind of conversations. And it's probably the context of the relationship too. Right. I mean, you, but I'm not looking to argue and yeah. debate about it. Right. You know, I don't debate with most people. So debate requires two minds. Yeah. <laughs> so most people don't deserve it. <laughs> man thank you so much for stopping by the podcast oh man this is me. awesome it's the best i'm awesome this is awesome I you said i'm awesome. I'm starting to say i'm awesome he just never quits that slipped out i didn't mean that i meant to say this thing's awesome with my name on it i love this oh Did i got a picture you. with this yeah you can we'll take as many as you want awesome you're, you're awesome <laughs> i'm awesome thanks man this is awesome i appreciate it this is great I love this podcast, The Thanks. Table. All right, you call, you? you just text the bang energy guy. Yeah. That's your, yeah. If you ain't banging, you ain't hanging. <laughs> we'll leave it there. Thanks, Steve. <laughs>